<clears throat> hey, everyone. Um, so something about evangelism is I always never liked it. And that's what I told the Lord. I'm like, I prefer discipleship um, because you, you know, a relational is one-on-one. Well, then in Colorado, somehow I ended up being in charge of the evangelism team and having to lead out students. I was like, well, thank you, God. Uh, um, something I started realizing there was being authentic um, and being honest with sharing and what do you share, right? And where, whose responsibility is it, right? And we are called to be messengers of the gospel. Um, and, of course, certain people are given the gift of evangelism. I was not, but that does not make me, like, I don't need to do evangelism, right? It doesn't give me a free slip. We are all called to do it, and we are all required to do it as believers to go and to share the gospel. And it is the Holy Spirit that does the work inside. We plant the seed, um, and we sow it. And then we watch the Holy Spirit work. Um, And every person is different, which is why we can't judge people. There were many times in Colorado in the very beginning that I would be like, oh, that person definitely does not want the gospel. Um, But then speaking with them and praying, I found that they were open, these people who were either like, oh, I absolutely hate Christians, I don't want to talk to you, you know, you're this and that. And then continue to talk with them. And by the end of it, they were like, who is this Jesus? And I want him. And then ended up, as you all all know, going overseas to work there. And sometimes also with evangelism, we only have, you know, a certain picture of what evangelism looks like, right? Going onto the sidewalk and preaching or you know, just certain things, only certain things, whereas actually evangelism is sharing the gospel in any aspect. And so having opportunity in Kurdistan, going into family homes, you know, and are going out for coffee, building that relationship, and then sharing. Because also, depending on where you are, evangelism looks different. Um, Here in America... So it's much easier to just kind of sometimes go on the street or go search for somebody and talk to somebody because of the way that our culture is and the way that we think it's a matter of opinion, right? And it's a matter of truth and thought. And so we can have that discussion, which then leads to the gospel. Um, In certain areas and certain countries where it's closed, (laughs) you can't do that. That would be dumb. Um, and very unwise, but when you create that relationship and a lot of the country that I'm in, um, the weight of your words is built on trust and trust is built through relationship, right? And so creating that relationship, creating that connection, then creates that authority to speak into their lives and to speak truth in the gospel. And so learning to do that with the Lord. And also something I've learned about evangelism, just like any aspects of faith, of prayer, of fasting, um, 
of discipleship. It's a habit. Um, it's not anything that we're used to in the beginning, but we have to train ourselves. We have to work at it. We have to create a habit in ourselves of doing it constantly. Um, it's not just going to happen naturally, maybe to somebody who's gifted at evangelism, but still they have to create a habit of doing it um, because we're called to do it. And the more you do it, the more easier I think it will be. And it's um, also the pressure is not on you, right? It's we are required and we hold ourselves to what is the gospel and are we sharing the truth, right? Not in part of like when we evangelize, it's not that I create the gospel to fit you, right? <laughs> because that's not what the gospel is. Um, and so are we sharing the whole truth, right, of the gospel? And what is, what is that? Um, and so being careful not to, yeah, to fit it to somebody, but sharing it as it is and letting the person come and receive it. Um, because that's what we're called. We're called to come into God's kingdom, right? The kingdom is not called to come in to fit us. Um, and so just being aware of that. And I think also what's helped me especially is listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide you and will also, you know, the Holy Spirit has at times told me, do not share at this moment or highlighted a person to share to. And so being in tune also, of, you know, I learned with habit of just before speaking, being like, Holy Spirit, <laughs> give me the words to say. Um, because you know what this, where this person's at, and you know what they need to hear. And so give me the words to say that I don't speak out of my own wisdom or my own opinion, right? But because it is the Lord who's reaching out to these hearts and pulling these people in, not, not me, right? And But through the Lord, I get to do that, and then I get to witness um, what the Lord does within that person, which I think is a very, very beautiful thing. So thank you very much. Well, Abby pretty much shared everything I was going to, so. <laughs> um, you know, a while back I had the chance to see Jesus Revolution, that movie, and it really stirred up in me about the olden days when I was a baby Christian and came to the Jesus Inn. And um, one of the things that they really instilled in us, we every Friday night we'd go out witnessing, evangelizing, and I'll be honest with you, I hated it. I did not like having to go out, just cold turkey talking to people. And But, you know, the more I did it, the more... Um, when I was able to share what God did in my life, just speaking that out, you know, we can have it in our heads and our hearts, but to speak that out and to actually share it with people, it becomes more real and it reminds you of where you were and what God has done. Um, so I'd like to encourage you in that. Um, so, but, you know, it just really, I just have this really good feeling afterwards and just really encouraged and built up. 
And then um, several years ago when we were in Nebraska and had the coffee shop, a lot of times getting ready for work, I would just be praying, God, send somebody my way. You know, who do you want me to share with today? Or, And you know what? He was faithful. Every time I asked him that, it happened. Um, I, I could tell you countless stories of people that we're, Tina and I both were able to minister to. Um, you know, just ask God. Bring somebody my way. Just just to share a simple encouragement with them, and he'll do that. <laughs> um, so this morning, I don't know why this surprises me, but this morning, um, Tina shared with me, um, she does this devotional by Paul Tripp. So July 30th, uh, I'm going to quote this. What could be a greater, higher honor than to be a chosen instrument for the most important renewal project in the universe? Redemption. He goes on to say, Christ's commission to the disciples is his commission to the church and is his plan for the life of every single believer. No one has been chosen to be just a recipient of the redemptive work of his kingdom. No one ever... No, everyone who has been chosen to be a recipient has also been commissioned to be an instrument of the work of that kingdom as well. Um, Also, he says, um, since we have been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, our lives don't belong to us anymore. They are his possession for his use. This means that our life is ministry, This means that we live, work, relate, play, and relax with a ministry mentality. It means I'm always thinking about how to be part of what God is doing in the locations where he places me. Um, It just, you know, as Joel was saying on the prayer walk and how he was stirred um, at the laundromat, you know, how cool would that be to just hang out at the laundromat, maybe do some laundry, and get to know some of these people in our community. Um, and, you know, it's, there's other things, too, that I think God is going to bring to our attention. But i just kind of like to encourage everybody to, you know, just as you're going out your daily business, you know, how can you minister to people? Um, I also wanted to point out that we do have these cards still, Are You Rooted in a Church?, These are good to have with you and pass out to people. Hey, are you in a church? Here's a good church, you know. Um, So let's use those. Um, And then I just wanted to, that song that we sang, From the Altar of My Life, Christ Be Magnified, just thought how appropriate that was. Um, You know, just thinking that every day, you know, how can Christ be magnified in the altar of my life? Um, and then I wanted to share Matthew 5, 13 through 16. And Bill kind of um, brought this up earlier. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men 
that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So um, I just wanted to encourage you guys in that, not to feel condemned, but to be encouraged. And, you know, how can we be effective? So thanks. Well, I think we can all agree missions looks different pretty much everywhere that we go. Um, but I think a critical element of it that is present in any sustained uh, transformation in anybody's life is that it's built on relationship. Um, like uh, Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of the law of God. Verse 9 says, Do not let us grow weary of doing good, for in due season you will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are the household of faith. This talks about um, this, the importance of you, you can't do it by yourself. Um, we shared with a number of you already that we feel that God leading us to partner with Emily's parents doing mission work in Scotland. And a frequent point in conversation over the past few years has been, what is the need in Scotland? Some of you might readily recall that a couple centuries ago even, Scotland was a uh, missionary sending nation. Not so anymore. Uh, could we get the slide um, as we know from plenty of accounts in the Old Testament, it only takes most of one generation not teaching the next anything about God for that next generation to become essentially unreached. And this happened in Scotland after, soon after World War I, when most of the men died in battle and the rest of the nation became jaded. It was a perfect storm. Um, and in itself... On the map there, the town God has called us to, which is only just a few miles from the border with England, uh, is a dwindling 2% evangelized at best and has a very long history of conflicts being so close to the border and just general hard times. Uh, next slide. Perhaps the most recent to make headline news was the Pan Am flight. Um, explosion right above the neighboring town of Lockerbie which uh, happened right before the holidays on December 21st, 1988. This small town of about 9,000 has an average level of community comparable to a metroplex. They're kind of friendly and generally reserved even with each other. It's kind of perplexing to walk around and experience it, but it's also kind of understandable. Um, you can go to the next slide. Over the past eight years, Emily's parents have made 12 trips to this town, which has been a breath of fresh spirit to the locals, as her parents have intentionally built relationships with them and, and sought to understand where are these people coming from economically, emotionally, and spiritually? What are their needs? Emily and I got to join her parents on a trip there last year, and Emily's been twice before 
And I wanted to just point out one of the main ways that my mom has found to get to know people there and understand their struggles and how to bring them to Christ is she goes to the soup kitchen every week. They usually have lunches, I think, twice a week there for just whoever needs it. So she goes and visits with the ladies there. And ever since pretty much the first trip that they went, seven, what was it, eight years ago, you said? Eight years. Eight years ago, she's um, she's been friends with a lady named Hazel, who always goes there and does knitting and stuff. Um, and Hazel was always very turned off by the church. Um, I'm not sure what happened. She's told mom, but I don't know all the details of it. And she's become very bitter over the years. Her health is always extremely bad. She's in and out of the hospital. And there have been times when we thought she was on the verge of death. Um, and we've been able to show her true godly love by being the only ones to visit her in the hospital. Um, she usually turns down prayer, but over the years, she's um, been more open and mom has been able to pray over her. Sorry. <laughs> um, the common issue older people have had is that the church has hurt them at some points in their lives or how it's portrayed in the media. And the issue with younger people is usually that they don't know a thing about the church except how it's portrayed in the media. Um, there are church buildings, of course, everywhere in Scotland, but they're all mostly empty. My parents were once given a tour of a church building in Annan several years ago, and the 90-year-old man said, and this hole is where they used to dunk people in water for some reason, but I don't know what. My dad suggested maybe forgiveness for sins, and he said, oh yeah, that's it, whatever sin is. <laughs> Didn't even know. And the best way we've learned that we can have a long-term influence on the town is by starting a business to help the community. There are very few things for children to do besides vandalize public property and get pregnant too early. So we decided a children's bookstore, since there isn't really a library anymore, would be beneficial and we can have community events there. So in, in the coming years, in the coming year or so, um, we hope to purchase a building, and you can go to the next slide. Um, that white building is the one we've been looking at and praying about, and her parents have even had uh, um, visions about, like other people have shared visions about this who didn't know anything about it. <laughs> um, but so we hope to purchase this building or another building if God has in, in his plan. Um, to operate the children's bookstore in, which we will be pairing with a, a coffee bar and roastery for focusing on building deeper community. And while the children's bookstore is serving to invest more time, heart, and soul and into the next generation. Our intention is that this shop also serves as an area for Bible studies and a safe place to grow an understanding of a God who is a loving father who cares deeply about their hurts and hang-ups. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel and Emily. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Abigail. And uh, Tom, why don't you come on up? Tom has a testimony to share that really fits this theme. Hasn't this been great uh, to see how 
evangelism is being stirred in our hearts. And uh, Tom, why don't you go ahead? Uh, my testimony is in a little different quadrant. It's interesting how God has set this up. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, Jody, Grace, and Christina and I were on a trip that eventually got us up to Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons. But our first night got us somewhere in Kansas. And uh, that morning uh, after the night in the hotel, I was uh, awake. And uh, this is unusual. I felt, I mean, it's been on my heart that my I'm trying to focus on end of life, retirement, and uh, what really matters and being about God's God's work and uh, I felt prompted that uh, something was going to happen God was going to use me and that's very unusual uh, and so I said okay God I'm all in so I went to the little continental breakfast area and I was making up my coffee which is always heavily doctored sugar and cream and I heard behind me this Spanish word which I cannot recall, but it's the equivalent of andale. And that just snapped me. I turn around, I look, and there's this uh, very athletic, blonde, young man in his 30s, long hair pulled up into a bun, and he has a daughter and a son there. And uh, so I go back to fixing my coffee, and I just turn around and look at him two more times. It's like, that was pretty good Spanish. So then I finished doctoring, and I engage him. And I said, uh, and I used the proper word that he used. Did you just say? And I said, that's pretty good Spanish. And he said that he was from, like, Iowa, but he was in somewhere in Texas, and he ran a Guatemalan roofing crew. And he said he didn't have a lot of it Spanish, but he had enough to run that crew. So we just kind of talked a little bit. And uh, I, I just felt magic in the moment. And pretty soon, uh, I, don't, I don't know how the transition made it, but um, we got to talking about spiritual things. Now, if you and I were having breakfast and I've had this with some of you guys. I share some deeper things about myself, my testimony, my family, and it's just kind of understood that's, that's private. I'm going to share something that I do not have permission to share from my family that's sort of an open secret. But this fella revealed that he had recently married and that that was his son and his wife's daughter, and there were three others that she had from her previous marriage. And, and God led me to give a little bit of the testimony of Ethan, our son, who is divorced and remarried, and his wife is divorced and remarried. And God led me to share how his new wife in the process of being divorced, found out she was pregnant, wound up being a single mom for a couple of years, 
and the transition that has been so difficult for my son to be allowed by her to be the father of this two-year-old. It's been a part of their maturing in their marriage relationship. And, this, and I, I said, she's starting to relinquish control to be a father to Liam. And we were on the same page. And he said, man, that is tough. So then I, I got to share, this is my heart. This is not gospel. You can disagree with me. But I said, you need to get into a church, and you need to be careful, not jump too fast. You need to find a good church. But you need to find a church that has a good group, home group, that you really fit in with. You don't feel judged. You feel you can trust. I said, there's a lot of garbage out there in the Christian world these days. You need to be careful. And it was like he was saying, I hear you. So I left, went back to our room, came back, re-engaged him. Jody came in. I introduced him. He says, this is my wife, Jody. And then Christina was in there. And she just somehow magically, her, his, his kid just went to her table in the corner. And, and he observed her just doing magic. And so I picked up the conversation, and I did not know it. I was eyeball to eyeball with this guy. His name was Nick. And later, Christina said, those two kids are the same age. The son was smaller, so I assumed she was younger. And she said, the whole time you were talking to him the second time, his little son was winking at you the whole time. Now, this is his son. So the mom apparently is a strong Christian, and she's been working on him, and he's all in. And it's like, let's get dad in on this. It was magical. And so this is not really evangelism. This was like follow-up, encouraging, counseling. I hugged him, and it, it was magical. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Uh, thank you again, Daniel and Emily, Bob, Abigail. A couple of themes I picked up on. One is, as Abigail was saying, as we're in a situation, we, we're to ask the Holy Spirit and be praying in the Spirit as to what I should or shouldn't share. And uh, I think also looking for bridge moments. Uh, that's what Tom was talking about. And I think in many conversations, there are those bridge moments if we'll just uh, prayerfully uh, look for them. And uh, sometimes it's to share encouragement, sometimes to share scripture or truth, not quoting uh, chapter and verse. Uh, and uh, so God, I believe, as we ask him, as Bob was saying, will bring opportunities our way. You know, it's a terrible time to be a Christian in this culture but it's also a wonderful time to be a Christian. And we may have to uh, pay with our lives or some persecution in the future. Certainly our brothers and sisters in so many places already are. So that is a part of the normal Christian life. So let's embrace the moment. Let's realize that we are in this time because of God's bringing us uh, here at this time and let's do, as Paul said to Timothy, the work of an evangelist. Father, we thank you for stirring our hearts, 
We thank you for the opportunities that come our way daily and weekly. We thank you for the opportunity to be a part of the uh, prayer walk uh, each uh, first Sunday of the month. We pray that you'd bless us next Sunday, all who come, that you'd speak to us even as we walk through these neighborhoods and uh, give us bridge moments and opportunities to engage people. And uh, Father, we pray that we will be faithful to do the work that you've called each of us to do. Thank you, Father, for what you are doing in our nation. Thank you for the 4,500 that were baptized in Pirate's Cove uh, early in July. Thank you for the Jesus Revolution movie that has impacted so many. Thank you for prominent names in athletics who have spoken openly of their faith in Christ. Thank you for Damar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills who has clearly said, there's a greater um, reason for my life than playing a game. And he openly spoke about his faith. Lord, we pray that we'll hear more and more of that. We pray we'll see a great awakening, another Jesus revolution. We thank you for the uh, move of your spirit, the revival at Asbury uh, earlier this year, and uh, that spread to many other college campuses. Father, we are encouraged and we thank you that you have fully equipped us to be your ambassadors uh, for Christ, even as our early brothers and sisters under Nero faced great challenges but gossiped the gospel and won many to Christ. Father, we give you glory and praise. We pray now that you bless our fellowship and the meal that we're to enjoy in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.